Okay, we're starting today. We're starting today the Avav Amid Avav Amid Base. Yesterday we left off at the bottom of the Avav Amid Aleph about the Chiyuv of Mitzvahs Bdikas Ham, which already starts already 30 days before Pesach, meaning um, a month before Pesach. And it's uh, a get to different dinim. If you, leave, if you leave your house, when you have to start checking your house. So the Mar is going to ask, what is it, what's the 30 day business? The Chiyuv of starting Ham only starts. On Erev Pesach, well, what what's what happened? Thirty days. So the Gemara says the Avavim the Aleph all the way at the bottom, um, three lines at the bottom. The, the last few words. What are these thirty days about? What's what's this thirty day chametz uh, uh, situation that you have to start checking your chametz thirty days before? So says the Gemara. And then in the Bryce, we start teaching the halachas of um, Pesach, 30 days before Pesach. 30 days before Pesach, according to the Tanakhama, to start talking about the halachas of Pesach, and the in the shoulder, to start talking about the halachas of Pesach. Now, to ever bring the passing like the shit and brings it down to Shokhanarach, 30 days before Pesach, to start talking about the halachas of Pesach. That's one shit. says, not 30 days before. Two weeks before Pesach, that's when you have to start teaching the locks of Pesach. And since um, Tanakama says we have to start teaching the locks of Pesach 30 days before, so we see that the certain aspect of Pesach already starts, a certain aspect of Pesach already starts 30 days before. And um, Vada, you have to start teaching the locks 30 days before. It says the Gemara, my time in Tanakama, where is the market? What's the reason of Tanakama? That after 30 days before Pesach, do we start teaching the locks of Pesach? Maybe it's uh, two weeks. Maybe it's uh, 10 days. Why, why, why 30 days? What's happening 30 days? Where's the market of 30 days before Yom Tif, The Hachanus, the Yom Tif start with. So now the Gemara is going to go into a whole discussion, a discussion which has nothing to do with the Pesach directly. It's got to do with Moshe Rabbeinu. Shall we see? Shall we see? Moshe Rabbeinu, even the Pesach Hadishim, we see in the Torah, Moshe Rabbeinu stood, Moshe Rabbeinu taught Allahs on Pesach Hadishim, Umazi al Pesach Hadishim. Moshe Rabbeinu told the halachas of Pesach Sheni or Pesach Rishon. Pesach Rishon, Pesach Sheni is 30 days after Pesach Rishon. So Moshe Rabbeinu started teaching the halachas of Pesach Sheni on Pesach Rishon, which is 30 days before. How do we know this? Shunamaka says in Pasuk, says in the Pasuk that Yizim did come Pesach and in its time. When is the time of Korm Pesach on Pesach? Uksir, and a few Pesachim later, it says, the next Pasuk says, and there were people who told me, the Nefeshad, we had the people carrying the bones of Yosef, we all, we all know the story, and Moshe Rabbeinu starting telling them what to do, or the story started on Pesach Rishon. So we see that the Hachanus, the Pesach Sheni, already started on Pesach Rishon. And that's why Tanakhama say that by every Yom Tif, it's not only Pesach, but especially Pesach, every Yom Tif, the preparations of that Yom Tif start on 30 days before. Says the Gemara, what does Rabbeinu do with this proof? We have a clear proof in the Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu started preparing for Pesach Sheni 30 days before. So why does Rabbeinu Gamliel say that already two weeks before Pesach, only two weeks before Pesach we have to start? Rabbeinu Gamliel argues in time to come. He says that not 30 days before we have to start. Yeah, when you have to start talking about Pesach two weeks before. Over here we have a clear proof from the, from the Torah. They have to start 30 days before. So he'll tell you, no, don't make a proof from there. Over there, I did, the I did, the middle of the Pesach, if Mesha, since Mesha Ben was already talking to them about the Allah is a Pesach, Pesach Rishin. So he finishes the Torah, tells you 
the halachas of Pesach Sheni also, not because that's when the preparation starts, but since we're talking about the subject, Meshav Beno got into the sugya and started teaching them about Pesach Sheni also, even though halachically there's no requirement to teach um, the halachas that it is before. If so, my time with the Rishim Gamliel. What is the reason Rishim Gamliel that after only after two weeks before Pesach or two weeks before Yom Tif, we have to start teaching the lachs of the Yom Tif? Where is his market? Tanakama says the market is from Meishra Ben. If Rishim Gamliel doesn't like that, but where is his market? Says the Gemara. The Gemara answers: Shari Meishra Emin Bereisha Chedesh. Meishra, we see Meishra taught the lachs on Neshchedes Nisam Umazir Ala Pesach. And Pesach is two weeks after Shredish Nis. Shanamak says in Pasuk, <coughs> yeah, this is in Pasuk, say for Shemais, this month, so we see Mesha was teaching the Lachas of the Hilchis of Reshredish Nisan, which is the Dinma of Reshredish, or in the Pasuk and Mamshech, that together with the Dinma of Reshredish, Mesha told them, Dabra Abu Nisral. Says the told the Eden to take the carbon Pesach. He told them the dinner of carbon Pesach on Meshchedesh Nissan. From Meshchedesh Nissan to Pesach is two weeks. So the Mishnah learns that from here that any Yom Tif, especially Pesach, two weeks before Pesach, we have to start teaching the lachos of Pesach. Says asks the Gemara, who told you? Who said that Meshchedesh Nissan told the lachos? On Rish Chedesh Nisan, Yemubad Barbi Yarcho, Ebecham Shad Yarcho Koy. It doesn't say in Torah that we speak about Rish Chedesh. It just says Achedesh as Alacham Rish Chedeshim. This month should be the beginning of the months. It doesn't say anywhere that it was on Rish Chedesh. Maybe it was on Hay, maybe it was on Dal. Says the Gemara, Alam Rabba, Alam Rabba Bashimi, Mishmeid Ravina. Rabba Shimi said the name of Ravina Mehachla. I bring you another proof, another proof that two weeks before Pesach we have to teach the Lachos of Pesach. It says in Pasuk, it says in Seif Bamidbar, Vayidah Be'ashem O'Meshe, Vemid Basina Be'ashon Ha'Shenis, Ba'chayr Shurishin. It says that Meshe, Hashem told Meshe, in the second year that when Yidin came out of Mitzrayim, on the first, on the first month. That's one Pasuk. Another Pasuk says, the Pasuk continues saying, Vayasu Bnei Yisrael, Ha'Pesach O'Merde, and Yidin did the current Pesach in, in its day. From here we see the term makes a connection between which is which is uh, uh, the first month of the year. And Terry makes a connection that the Pasuk after that says, the in its month. So we see that Terry starts speaking about carbon Pesach already on the Shredish. So I think about Achinami, but what you bring a proof from there? In the Pasuk over there also doesn't say it was on the Shredish. Who told you that we're speaking about Rishchidosh? Maybe it wasn't Dalit, Nisan, maybe it wasn't Hey Nisan. It doesn't say anywhere in the Torah that just because the Torah says, it doesn't mean it's on Rishchidosh. Maybe it means Hey Nisan or Hey Dal Nisan. So we still don't have a proof that Torah speaks about the halachas of Pesach two weeks before Pesach. Amar and Nachem Yitzchak and Nachem Yitzchak says like this a new proof. Ask your Midbar, me Midbar, we make Yizayda Shavet of the word Midbar. To another time, Terry says midbar. What's it talking about? Regarding current Pesach, it says, Vaidaber Hashem Omeshe be midbar Sina. The Hemshah spoke to Moshe in the midbar of Sina. And the Hemshah that Pasuk is that the Eden did current Pesach. So we see regarding current Pesach, Terry said that it specifies that the Hemshah spoke to Moshe in midbar Sina. Oksif Hasam. And regarding when it comes to a different passion, Terry, when it comes to when Moshe, the Hemshah tells Moshe, 
to count the Eden, the Torah says like this, again, the word Midbar, when it comes to the both Sukim use the word Midbar. It's just like to count the Eden, it was an Ishkedish Nisan. That's the Ishkedish ear. That says clear and tell the So, too, in our Pasha, when it says, Midbar Sinai, just like it says in Terry regarding Midbar. When it comes to counting the Eden of Shredish ear, Terry specified Midbar and was on Shredish, we make Xeris Shabbat Pasuk. Mesha told the to count, to take the Karm Pesach. <clears throat> Even though it doesn't say in Terry Clark, that was on Shredish, but it said the Midbar. So make Xeris Shabbat, just like over there was on Shredish, so to Karm Pesach was on Shredish. And the Karm Pesach, Mesha told the Eden, the halachas of Karm Pesach. On Shredish is a raya that ready two weeks before Pesach, we have to start dealing with Pesach. Okay, so that's the proof. Um, the Gemara is basically done with this, and the Gemara is now going to get into details of this Gzeda Shavit. We just made many Gzeda Shavit. Again, that on Ishkadesh Ni'ir, the Hebrew told Meshach to count the Eden, and it's used the word Bidbar. So we learned from there that on Ishkadesh Nisan, Meshach told Eden to take the current Pesach. The problem is, in the Torah, it mentions the story of counting the Eden in Ir before it mentions the story of Meshach telling the Eden. To take the current Pesach. If one was in Nisan, if one was in Ir, and they were both the same year. So why did the Torah mention the story of Ir before the story of Nisan? Torah first mentioned the stories of the, the parishes of Pesach, which was in the first month, which is in Nisan. And after that, Torah should say the stories of Pesach Ir. Why does the Torah say the story of counting the Eden before it tells you the story of counting the um, counting of the story of Karim Pesach. Karim Pesach is in Parshat Alais, right? And counting the Eden is in Parshat Bermidbar. So, um, so uh, is 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 uh, is is the Parshat before? So, if one was before the other, you have to say in order. And the answer this is the answer that actually brings all of the place in in Torah. Amar Rav Nashu by Techlifa, which means Rav Nashu by Techlifa send the name of Rav. Zeis, a matter from his proof, Shein Muktam Amochabatera, that Torah wasn't written in order. A lot of the stories that were said in Torah happened before or after stories that says after. Meaning, from the a Seder in Torah, you can't bring a proof that um, you can't bring a proof that um, one story was before the other, because you can't, meaning you can't ask a question, because the rule ain't Muktam Amochabatera. It's a whole different sugya. Um, doesn't if, if you have a same that comes from the Ibrish himself, for sure it should be the Tachas a deal. There should be uh it should be uh one one this should be in order. That's a different discussion we're going to get into now. But the cloud is in Muktam So over here, when Terry is able to mention the story of Ir even before the story of Nisan, even though the story happened in Nisan before Ir, and you can't ask any questions because Ain Muktam Muchabate. Now the Mars is gonna talk about this rule of Ain Muktam Muchabate. Amar Papa said. This rule of Ein Muktam Mochavatari is Layamaran. We only say this rule, we say this rule by two in Yadim. Meaning, when it comes to two different passages or two different uh, subjects, then we could say that there's no order in turn. Meaning, we can't learn out from order in turn. Avu Bachad and Yadim, we're assuming that one say that, one, one Inyan, one Pasha, my the Muktam Muktam, my the Mochum whatever comes before, happened before. And whatever happens, whatever is written after, happens after. What's the proof? 
How do we know that there's a limitation to this rule? How do we know that the rule of Ein Muktum Uchbater applies only if it's speaking about two subjects? But when it comes to one subject, Terry specifies to make sure writes in order. If you don't tell me this, you don't tell me that Terry writes things in order. We know, we say every single morning, there's one of the rules that we learn, one of the laws that we learn out, that we learn out different is from a rule called Klal Prat, meaning if Terry mentions a, a general concept, and the Torah specifies the concept. The din is in bichlal elamashu beprat. Right, the din is every single morning, and the prat is only coming to explain the klal. But the prat isn't the detail; isn't being massive. We don't can't learn any extra dinim from the detail if it's a detail of a rule. Says the Gemara, Dilma prat uklalu. There's another rule of prat uklal. We have a din of klalu prat. There's also a din of prat uklal, right? That if it's, if you have a prat uklal, so the question is, if there is not an order, if you're going to tell me there is never an order, there's no such thing as a a general concept in the prat. Maybe the prat comes before the klal. Again, none of them are order. So maybe the specification came. The Abish told Moshe the specification before the general rule. Who said there's no order in Torah? The so another question is Prato Klal. There's another law we learn out. Nase Klal Musaf ala Prat. The din is that if you have Prato Klal, then the opposite order. If Torah first says a specific law, a specific halacha, and then Torah says a general halacha, the din is that what? And Nase Klal Mesaf ala Prat. The Klal being Mesaf, the general halacha is, is the reason why Torah specifies it again in a general term is to be Mesaf on the Prat. Who said that the cloud was set after the prat? Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe the cloud was a prat. So there's no such thing as cloud prat or prat or cloud. We can't make laws that we learn out. We can't make laws that we learn out terror from. That if Terry says something in a general way, or Terry says something in a in a in a, uh, in a specific way before the, the other, because who said Terry said one, one, one is before the other? Maybe the, the general comes was before the specific, and maybe the specific was before the general, because nothing's in order. LMI, you're gonna have to tell me. That when Torah speaks about two different things or two different rules, Torah is specific. Said the Gemara, if so, afilo If you're telling me that klalu prat and prato klal prove that things from these rules, it proves that the Torah is written in order. So maybe also by two nyanim, maybe who said that there's a rule of Maybe also when it comes to two nyanim, two different subjects, Torah is also written in order. Meaning, once you prove to me that there are places there is an order because of this, so maybe the rule is not a rule. Maybe the rule doesn't apply. Who said there's a rule that exists? I have a question for my Gemara. We'll figure it out. Says the Gemara, if you're going to tell me, can you tell me, of a klalum prat, right? We say every single morning, klalum prat or prat or klalum. And when Terry says a general rule, and then Terry specifies the rule, so we learn out um, that Terry is not being made if anything in the in the in the specific rule of the general rule. But if Terry says prat, first first Terry says the 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 specific rule, and then Terry says the general rule. So we're saying the general rule. The question is, if Terry, if you have a specific rule in one place and a general rule in another place. Do we learn out extra dinim or not? Do we learn extra dinim, even though they're far away from each other? Or do we say, no, since they're far away from each other, 
So there are two different concepts, and each concept has to be studied separately. So as a machlekes, one opinion says that if you have a specific rule and a general rule, which are far away from each other, in different parashiyas, we don't connect them to each other. One, one opinion says we do connect with each other. So the Gemara says, This whole beard makes sense according to the shit that says, That you have a Kalopat in different areas in Torah, we do not connect with each other. It makes a lot of sense. Why don't we connect with each other? Because when it comes to different parishes, there is no order. So we don't know what was the Pratam or was the Kal. Which one was said first? But if you're going to tell me, Alamanda Amar, the opinion that says that Klalu Prat Muruchakim, we do judge from each other. Even if it's two, two different parishes, we learn out different dinim from two different parishes to each other. Mike and Amema, how can you learn out two different dinim for two different parishes to each other if, if two different parishes weren't said in order? Answer the Gemara. The Gemara says, I feel Alamanda Amar, Donin, even the opinion that says that Klalu Prat, which are far away from each other. We do learn out different dinim. When do we learn a different dinim? If they're speaking about the same inyan, meaning they're in the same parsha, but there's different psukim. There's, there's a, a, a gap in the psukim. If they're in two different parshas, and you have one cloud, a cloud in a parsha and another cloud in Shmais, we don't connect each other. Why do we connect them together? Because if we connect them to each other, we're going to be forced to say that in two different parshas, there's Yash Mukta, there's that there is no specific order. And we're just saying now there's no specific order. So we're saying, if it's a one parsha, the whole argument only applies to if you have two rules which are said different sukkum away from each other, but in the same parsha. But if it's speaking about two different parshas, everyone agrees that we do not one parsha from another. Amar is going all the way back to the dinner of the Kesham, to we'll finish with the sugya. Amar is going back to questions of why a person. Um, has to how Bikas Khamis works. I'm gonna be hold on my rabbi who said the name of Rav. Habedek Tsar Shivati. Someone, it's a very fundamental piece of Kamara. It's a we're not learning Nishani, but Nishani have is a huge shack retires about exactly this piece of Kamara. I'm gonna be hold on my rabbi who says the name of Rav. Habedek Tsar Shivata, someone who checks Khamits, he has to be Mavato, Khamits in his heart. And he has to he has to say which we do every single year after we check comments. We, we don't only check comments, but we're back on the comments. We say, and we are make the comments completely bottom. That's what the Rav said. That's what if you want to send the name of Rav. So, Chidush of Rav says, the Gemara, on my time, uh, why should a person have to move out the comments? What's the reason? He just checked his house for comments. If you're going to tell me, because even though you check the Sasu Khamets, it's still shy there's crumbs hanging around in Pesach. And if you're going to tell me there's crumbs in Pesach, then his shoes. So therefore, yes, So that doesn't make sense. Crumbs aren't chashub. You don't have to come in mavato crumbs because crumbs are chashub. No, no, no one's going to say that he wants the crumbs inside his house and because he wants the crumbs inside his house, he's going to chayib crumbs on Pesach. Crumbs are not mavato crumbs. And crumbs are a bottle anyway. So why would they have to be mavato crumbs? I, maybe you're going to tell me, remember, we think that someone who checked this whole house. And he didn't find any chametz. So even if he found chametz, he got rid of it. So what's left? Chametz he didn't find, which is crumbs. So crumbs are bought at that a person should be mavat of chametz for crumbs. Maybe you're going to tell me the reason why 
you have to be battle is because of the crumbs. Why, why would you have to be battle crumbs? Because keep on the minta loho aga basic shivi saying because you are guarding them inside your house, meaning since they are inside your house. And when you lock the door of your house, you don't only have intention to guard the hush of items in your house. Yeah, when you lock the door of your house, why do you want why do you lock the door of your house? You don't need lock the door of your house because you have uh, valuables inside your house you want to lock you, you want to you want to keep inside your house. And you don't want people to, to to keep them. You lock your house because everything inside the house is locked. So maybe since you're locking your house, when you lock your house on, on after you check comments, you go you go to a shop and you lock your house. Why you're guarding your house? Any you're guarding your house from um, valuable items, but also inside the house includes when you're guarding, you're guarding the general house, which means you're guarding also the crumbs inside the house. And if you're guarding the crumbs inside your house, meaning like they are, they do have a, a certain shivs there. And that's why you have to move out to comments. So if you're going to tell me that's the reason, that also doesn't make sense. That also is hard to understand. But Tanya, because we learned in Abraisa, say if you have different figs that are, um, that are the certain type of figs that never grow, meaning they never become ripe, and you you never eat them, meaning they're not edible. You just leave them on the tree. So too, if you have a owner of a of a of a of a of a, of a field, of a field that he 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 guards his field to make no comes in because he has a um he has grapes inside that still never became ripe. Or say found of him also if you have uh, types of grapes that are never going to come ripe, they're bad grapes, and you usually leave them on the on the on the tree. So to someone who's, who's guarding his field because he has big pumpkins in his house and he still never he never took the pumpkins from there. So then it's like this: If we know for a fact that the balabais is going to come and take off these unripe dates from the tree. Then if a Ganov comes and grabs off these dates of the tree, he's over on Isogzim. Even though the, the, tree, the, the dates aren't edible, but since the owner, he wants to, he wants to specifically take these dates of the tree with his own hands, you're going to touch that those dates, those dates, you are high for Gaza. And also, now that the owner, now that the owner is machshiv the fruit, he's chayev b'maiseh, also chayev b'maiseh. If the Balabais doesn't care about them, if the owner doesn't care about these unripe fruit, so then someone's able to walk into the field and grab these unripe fruit, which are never going to come ripe anyway. Here we see that even if someone, because they have to, we see that even if someone is guarding his field for good fruit, when you guard your field for good fruit, it doesn't include bad fruit. As long as you don't have intention to guard your field from bad fruit. But if you have a house, and you have animals inside the house. And inside the house is also dirt, or there's also crumbs of chametz. When you guarded the house, you didn't have intention to guard the bad parts of the house or the, the rubbish inside the house. You have intention to guard only the good part of the house. You're not guarding the general house. You're guarding specific valuables which are found inside the house. And if someone's going to steal these unvaluable things, he is potted because they become African. So too over here, when someone locks his house in Arab Pesach, who cares if he locks his house and cares about the valuables inside the house. That doesn't include the crumbs. That only includes the valuables. Because if it did include the crumbs, why when it comes to dinner mice and dinner stealing, then do we say it's potted? If someone's going to steal these crumbs, they're going to be potted. So it must be a different reason. Rabbi said the reason why Chacham will be to be about the Chametz is because 
Maybe someone's going to find a uh, nice piece of bread or a nice Danish that he by mistake never found in his house. But that and he's going to, um, he's before burning it, it's going to be hard for him to burn it straight away. And for a, for a few minutes, he's going to have a taiva. Even if he's not going to eat the chametz, he's going to have a taiva. It's going to be chashiv in his eyes. And you're going to think, oh, this, this Danish, I would have never had mevatel this Danish if I knew it was it. And Therefore, he's going to be chayav for some pesach. So Chacham made a takana that he should be mavata everything before pesach. I mean, like this: when a person checks his house for chametz, so people are human beings, and it could be that he checked his house for chametz and he found the chametz that he wanted uh, that, that was left in the house. So the chametz he wanted to eat, he ate. The chametz he wanted to burn, he burned. He doesn't have in mind that if he's going to find chametz very geshmak at chametz, maybe. Um, Gushmaka chametz inside the house. He doesn't want to mavat. Meaning, if it doesn't, it's not mavat with fish. And it could be that he's going to hold it before burning. Anyone anyone has a chiv to burn it, but he's going to take some time before burning. And if he takes time before burning it, every single second that he, now he knows about it, he's over on bani rabbi matzi. So therefore, chametz takana that you have to mavat with chametz inside your house. And therefore, even if you're going to find chametz on pesach, it doesn't help if you're much of it. The pearl you mavat already, and since you mavat it, you're not chayv. Says the Gemara, why you mavatel Pesach? Be mavatel it as soon as you find it. As soon as you find Chametz on Pesach, you find Chametz on Pesach. Be mavatel the Chametz straight away. Says the Gemara, no. The Gemara mishkach is the Lebasi Yisurim. Maybe you're going to find Chametz on Pesach. You're going to find Chametz on Pesach itself. And once you find Chametz on Pesach itself, the and the Chametz says, if it's not in your Shos anymore. And since it's not in your Shos anymore, you can't be mevat to the Chametz. Ah, you can ask your question, if it's not in your Shos anymore, then why are you chayim on Pesach? You're going to see in a sec. But the Nakoda is that it's too late to mevat on Pesach. Because if you mevat on Pesach, it's, you, you, don't have, you don't have the strength to mevat on Pesach because it's not yours anymore. How do we know Chametz isn't yours on Pesach? The Amar Rebbe Lazar, Rebbe Lazar said, there's two things that are not in the property of a person, are not in the ownership of a person. And nevertheless, Torah, in order to make you chayef for these two items, Torah, put it in your shus, even though technically, halachically, they should not be, you shouldn't have any connection to these things anymore. But since Torah made it into your shus, you're a chayef. What are these two things? These two things are like this. Someone who digs a well, or digs a pit, or a stumbling block in your shus, the din is the Rishosram doesn't belong to anyone. People don't have ownership of Rishosram. The land, the ground doesn't belong to him. So if I dig a well, or I dig a hole in Rishosram, why am I chayef? It's not my property. I'm only chayef for my property. Things which are not my property, why am I chayef? So if I dig a, a well, in a, a pit in Rishosram, and something falls inside, I'm chayef. Why am I chayef? So the din is that I'm chayef because even though halakhically it's not mine, Terry, Terry made it yours to be Machayev for. And so to Chametz, Mishesh, Shoyes, Lomahel, and so to Chametz from six hours, I mean, when Chametz already becomes from Katsayis, when it comes also to the so to have any benefit from this Chametz, even though since you can't have any benefit from this Chametz, halakhically it's not yours, but still, Terry made it into your Shoyes in order to be Machayev from the Chametz and Pesach. So back to our question. Yeah, the Gemara asked, 
why we have to check why we have to move out for chametz. The answer is that we have to move out for chametz because maybe you're going to find chametz on Pesach and you're not going to be able. It's going to be too late to move out for it. Why is it too late to move out? So you don't you don't have the strength to move out anymore because it's not yours anymore. I say, Bazay, why do we move out to chametz? We move out to chametz when we check chametz. Why do we check chametz? Uh, why do we move out to chametz? Just before the Isin. If so, just before the time of Chametz that comes, the time of Isra Chametz comes, the fourth hour, the fifth hour. Why did Chametz say that already the night before you have to say Kochamid? Well, how does that make sense? And everything about it. Kim the Lavzman Yisudahu, the Lavzman Biyudahu, Dilma Pasha, since the fourth and fifth hour isn't a time. Um, isn't a time that Chametz is Asiya, because Chametz only comes Asa Chatzis. And also, it's not a time that you're checking Chametz because you check Chametz by night. So maybe you're going to forget about it. So technically, Chametz made the Takana that you should be Mavat of Chametz after you check the Chametz. So your mind is ready set on Chametz, you should check the Chametz. And also be Mavat of the Chametz. Because that's a technical time that it's good to Mavat of Chametz. Even though it's a bit funny because the next morning you're saying now any Chametz in this house is like nothing. So you're not much of any chametz, even though that you're going to have supper that night and you're going to have breakfast the next morning. And you can't say it's very hard to say chametz is a, a good Danish. It's nothing in your eyes. It's like dust. If next morning you're going to have chametz, right? But um, the Rebbe says at the end of the day, since right now you're checking chametz and your mind is set on chametz, so you don't have chametz on Pesach. So you're able now ready to say, the chametz should be like nothing. And therefore, when it comes to Pesach, any comments in your house is going to be bottom. Okay, we're going to stop uh, over here. That's Zion Amadalf over at the top. And tomorrow we'll be Mamshik. That's Zion Amadalf. Have a good night.